Welcome to DealCast, the M&A podcast brought to you by the Merger Market and Deal Reporter editorial teams. I'm Dane McCroby, journalist at Deal Reporter and Merger Market, and welcome to today's episode. Today we'll be discussing Finabler's IPO and other recent tech sector listings. Please welcome today's guest, my colleague Gustav Sandstrom. Gustav, uh, let's start by talking about Finabler, which was one of the hottest fintech IPOs this spring, but they had to cut the price in the end and uh, fell short of what they had initially indicated. What happened? Uh, thanks, Dean. Um, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's the latest in a string of mega IPOs across Europe of fintech stocks. We had Nexi in Italy, we had Network International here in the UK, and now Finabler. And, and I think, like you rightly pointed out, um, rumor had it back in April when they started planning the IPO that they would come to market at a valuation of around $3.5 billion or something. Um, but they ended up at about half that price. It was a quite significant cut when, when they listed, I think it was yesterday, they announced the price at 175 per share. So it's just a market cap of 1.2 billion pounds or whatever that is, like $1.8 billion. Why did they fall short? Um, it's a mix of factors. Um, I think we need to be fair to them and admit that last week when Bookwell was in full swing um, was probably one of the worst weeks this year for stocks globally. We had the US-China trade tensions obviously heating up. Um, you also had Uber's IPO. It's not quite comparable, but it's still tech. It was a bad omen for some that it just tanked both um, in Bookwell and in the aftermarket. Um, so some bad read across. But quite apart from that, um, our reporting indicates that um, even Finabler itself wasn't quite as bullish on valuation from the outset as some other media, possibly because people just compared fintech right across to Network International that listed a few weeks ago in London um, at very high multiples and thought the same would apply because fintech is fintech, right? Only it wasn't, because if you look at the profit margins across the business lines, um, it's just not the same thing, and Finabler just didn't maybe deserve quite as high a multiple, and that's, I think, part of what we saw. So what lessons can investors take from this? Um, well, look, I mean, the, the key lesson for me is, um, first of all, I mean, what, what is fintech? Look at Accuris. Is Accuris fintech? Well, we use computers as a technology. We produce financial news as a financial service. Are we fintech? Should we be valued in the same way with the same methodology as Network International? No, I don't think so. And I think this goes for all fintech companies. You just need to look at fundamentals. We do this with industrial companies, with retail companies. And just because you have a fancy, hot new tagline saying fintech, it doesn't mean you can step away from looking at cash flow projections, sales projections, and so on, and look at how realistic it is. So we've got to go back to basics and just make up our minds, not just blindly buy anything because it's hot. But will we see more fintech IPOs after Finabler? Um, that's, that much is for sure. Um, even if you may value different stocks at different multiples, there is no doubt that it's a hot sector for good reason. And, and this is driven by fundamentals. You know, across the globe, we see more and more uh, people in many countries paying with, with cars instead of cash. Um, people handle their personal finances with iPhone apps instead of going to the bank office. Um, you have more cross-border trades and, and money flows. And all of this benefits fintech, which is just basically using technology to, to do what banks do or insurance companies do and so on in different ways. Um, so there's good fundamental growth, and obviously investors are quite happy to participate. So yes, we will see more. Um, one fun fact here is that for once, it seems that Europe is a real hotspot. We just crunched some data in-house um, the other week, and if you look at 2019 year-to-date, and you look at 2018, um, if you look at the value of all IPOs, um, Europe has been making up more than half of all fintech IPO value 
for like one and a half years, which is quite interesting. And, and, and this is something that's going to continue. Why do you think Europe has been such a hot spot for fintech? Um, there are various theories for it, but I think the primary driver is more to do with the creation of fintech companies than with um, the IPO market. Um, one hypothesis that I've heard is Europe is roughly the same size as the United States, for example, but it's, you know, you get borders all across it. And, and so because this economic area has so many borders, it's more complex. So you need to employ more staff and you have more regulation that differs between countries. So there may just be a bigger need to enhance finance with new technology. And then if you have more services and companies, then some of these are going to translate into IPOs. And which fintech IPO candidates are on your radar screen now? Uh, there are plenty. I can give you 10 names just like that. Um, but just to mention some, I mean, you, you get Klarna, the Swedish uh, payments company that everybody would want to work on if it ever comes to the market. Sia, Nexus Peer down in Italy, you got World Remit, for example, in the UK. There's lots of speculation right now, and some of this it is quite founded and, and, and quite concrete. Um, other ones may just be uh, dream case scenarios. Uh, many will become IPOs. Um, some will probably benefit from the love of the sector from investors in the sense that it's, it's quite easy to stay, pub, uh, to stay private um, and just raise growth financing from private investors. And if that's the case, and if your founders don't want to exit anytime soon, you may just not need an IPO. Um, so that's, that's the one caveat. Well, in the wider tech sector, Uber and Lyft were very hyped, but their IPOs both flopped. Why was this? And does this say anything about tech in a way it may say something about fintech? Yeah. Um, look, I think there may have been reasons to believe that you have some, some similar factors going on, and maybe even more so when it comes to Uber. Um, I'd, I'd argue that sometimes people get a bit romantic, maybe, with new technology and, and with hype. We know that most of us, all of us here probably love taking Uber because it's cheap, it's convenient, um, and it's kind of cool in a way. You show that you're with your times and you do stuff that is kind of, you know, kind of fancy. Um, but that doesn't necessarily translate into future cash flows, or by all means into cash flows here and now. Uber wasn't profitable when it listed. And I think more importantly, I don't know what kind of future um, growth path or, or profitability path they were projecting. And maybe that's what it comes down to. It's fundamentals again, fundamentals versus hype. And are these even tech companies or are they transportation and logistics? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably a valid question. I mean, obviously, you could, you could draw a parallel to fintech. I mean, if, if, if you help people lend money to each other and use that with, do that with an iPhone app, is that financial technology or is it something else? I think it's fair to say that Uber is a tech company, just like Airbnb, for example, is a tech company. Um, but again, um, just because it's tech doesn't necessarily mean super fast cash flow growth. And, and I think that's the, that's the gist of it, really. And what lessons can we learn from uh, the issues that tech companies have had listing this year? Um, the one thing to keep in mind is I think despite um, the, the, the recent um, setbacks, I think tech will remain a hot sector for IPOs. That's the first thing to keep in mind. It's, it's a fast-growing sector, and in a low interest rate environment like ours, you could maybe be fine with saying my cash flow is going to come five years or ten years from now because my discount rate is so low anyway. So it's going to help the sector probably for a foreseeable future. Now, having said that, um, I think we need to go back to the boring stuff if you want. Like, don't buy the hype and don't look at kind of Silicon Valley-like made-up fancy 
dream multiples like multiples of, I don't know, likes on Facebook or whatever they come up with these days. I'm too old to actually follow that kind of trend lines. But look at look at projected cash flows, look at profit margins, look at sales, look at the bottom line and make up your own mind. Just don't follow the hype and then just maybe you could cash a new Amazon. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to us. DealCast is available on Apple Podcasts. Just search DealCast. You can also find us on Audioboom. Information on the deals discussed today will be listed in the show notes. See you next time.